Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, listener questions. We talk about OKRs, one-on-ones, review process. All of these questions are brought to you by Kevin Gutowski. So huge thanks to him for those questions. And our thanks to Filament Creative for sponsoring this week's episode. So, Rafa, I have a question for you. Wait, 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 before we do. <laughs> I, I have, actually, and this is my fault, I didn't put it in the notes, I'm sorry. We we started, we, man, Rafa, we started this you great. you made the document. Why I did you not put stuff in it? <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. Why do we everyone. have this? Hi, welcome to Layout. <laughs> I just wanted to say that, um, as maybe listeners know or don't, I edit this show and for the past three episodes uh like my part of the recording so my audio has been coming off like (laughs) it's distorting at some parts and i've been i've been doing my best to make that not painful for our listeners uh, on the editing (laughs) editing chair but i want to say uh sorry if the audio has not been you say sorry sorry i'm canadian (laughs) yeah what the, what the heck? I don't even know. <laughs> it's say you. Sorry. It's you. Are you. You're imprinting. Anyway. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not <laughs> going to let that slide. I don't say sorry. I say sorry, like an American. <laughs> Hi. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I said it weird. I don't know. Um, man, this show is it's, it's great. Uh, I want to say that uh, this is getting annoying, and I think it's my faulty microphone, and uh, I will probably get a new microphone soon. Do we need to start a Four Kickstarter to get you a new mic? Is that what needs <laughs> to happen here? Hmm. Maybe not a Kickstarter, but I will take uh, recommendations. If you, if you know of a good microphone that you think I should get. Right now I have a Blue Yeti mm-hmm. uh, Classic. And I got this like way back in the day when I started SketchCast. So maybe like four years ago. So it had a good run. You know, I'm proud of this microphone. Uh, but maybe it's time to retire. And... Um, Make way for a new, improved, younger yeah, <laughs> microphone. The only problem is that all the good mics require an amp. So right. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you're either going to have to do it or do what I do and get the same mic that I have. Um, yeah, because you had a Blue Yeti, but you don't anymore. You have another yeah. one. Yeah, switch it. I don't even know right. what brand it is. Auto Technica something, something. Kevin's mic. Anyways, people don't care about that. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. This week, Kevin's got a question for Rafa. So, Kevin, uh, what question do you bring us this week? All right, so, so Rafa, tell me, why did you buy an iPad right before a new oh, one's come no. out? I knew this was going to happen, oh, but I also totally forgot. I don't know if I want to answer this, Kevin, because I feel this to. is a setup. <laughs> you have I to. Feel, as <laughs> that's as one of the rules of Kevin's question of the week. I know. Um, long story short, I I have an iPad Pro uh, in this house. Uh, it belongs not to me, but to my girlfriend. And uh, so occasionally, 
like if I want to use or try or whatever an iPad, I have one here. Um, and so lately I've been doing a lot of sketching um, uh, for like illustrations and for some like rough wireframes and whatever. And I've been really enjoying using an iPad Pro and Apple Pencil to do that. Um, and so this one day uh, I really had to do and work on this one illustration. Like I, I wanted to communicate an idea that I had. Uh, to my team members, and I was like, oh, crap, where is the iPad? And it turns out my girlfriend was out of town, and she took the iPad with her. Mm. And I was like, ah, but I really need an iPad. <laughs> so my plan was I am going to go down the street, uh, go to the store, and get an iPad, use it for a couple of days while my girlfriend is uh, <laughs> out of town, and uh, then return it. Like, I just need it for a little while. That was my original plan. Uh, because I know this is the <laughs> worst time to buy an iPad. Um, in the meantime, I'm still in the returning window, so I can still f- go with my plan, original plan. But um, like my mom would gladly take this iPad off my hands, uh, so she would buy this iPad for me. Um, and so now I'm thinking maybe I can keep this because I am using it, and now because I have my own iPad, I've been you know being able to experience other stuff than just have an iPad laying around, like have my own apps and have my own things in it. Um, so I've been using a lot, especially like a, as a bedside device, like having <laughs> stuff to read at night and like, it's great to, for reading comics. Um, and anyway, I've been exploring this as a new device cause you know, I'm a Apple fan and nerd. And so I like devices like, uh, like gadgets. So, now I'm thinking maybe I, I keep this around until the new iPad comes out because apparently the new iPad Pros they're going to be like it's going to be a cool upgrade maybe mm-hmm. if the rumors are to be trusted. Um, so maybe I can keep this around, uh, buy a new iPad when it comes out, and then uh, I can sell this one to my mom or whatever. So <laughs> that's I said long story short, but that's like. <laughs> Longer story long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's more reasonable than I thought. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's not that much uh, that I can give you a hard time about. Um, mm-hmm. Other than it made me think about something, um, mm. which I guess is my second question. How, like, say you bought an iPad and I'm assuming the uh, window to return it is 14 days, right? Uh, I it believe is? it's 30 days here. Oh, for you, it's 30 days. Okay, so that's even better. Um, but mm-hmm. say, like, you return it after 30 days. Could you then buy another one and still return it <laughs> mm. within 30 days? And I don't know if you could see You're where I'm going You're trying to find here. a loophole. Like, <laughs> what is the limit? You're trying to hack the system. It, like, is is there a limit to how many times you can do this? Like, can you, like... And is that limit per Apple store or is it like That is very interesting. Overall? I have no idea. I want to believe that this is such a, like a obvious loophole that, you know, stores and companies have thought about a way to like to prevent this from happening. Yeah. I want to believe that's the case. Um, but I also know people like, you know, uh, like here in Europe, at least we have a mandatory two year, uh, like warranty thing on devices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so every device, electronics at least, I don't know if this applies for everything, but at least electronics, every electronic device you buy, by law, you have two years of warranty. So if any 
like any problem, if there's any problem with your device, you're you're entitled for a re replacement. Um, so I know people that like really game that, and they find clever original ways to damage their devices uh, without <laughs> being um, obvious that it was like user damage, you know, you know, factory damage, whatever. Uh, and they they can get away with some of this stuff, and they can get like new devices every couple of years. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not endorsing this behavior. <laughs> I never actually did it myself, but I know people who did this. <laughs> Talking about a friend. <laughs> anyway, so this is my question for for the listeners: If you have ever worked in retail or currently work in retail, either at an Apple store or somewhere else, um, I'm so curious: Is there a policy about like the? <laughs> Serial exchangers who just like come back and buy the same product over and over again. Um, let, let us know. I'm curious. All right. Um, before we get to our main topic, uh, <laughs> we have a new sponsor that I am really yes, excited. I'm excited about this to one. tell you all about it. So our brand new sponsor is Filament Creative, and they would like us to tell you about this new thing that they're launching. It's called the UX Design Masterclass. So Filament Creative uh, is this company that uh, has a lot of experience uh, working with uh, clients to really do like good user research and do have this great design process in, in place. And they've helped and worked with um, a lot of clients for a lot of years and right now, they are launching this masterclass, this thing you can enroll in where you can take this knowledge from them and learn from them, from their experience. Um, so this is not like a just a, another design class out there. Um, the Their elevator pitch is, you can learn how to understand people better, design stunning research-driven interfaces, and create real business value from a team that's been doing it for more than 16 years. Um, so, like I said, it's not just an ad designing course. Uh, they are really focused in uh, engaging customers through uh, meaningful conversations. Uh, you're going to design based on the user's motivations. Um, you're going to learn how to collaborate effectively with stakeholders and clients, uh, create impactful end results, and like a peaceful project, right? So, like, no surprises and no like the freelance dramas and stuff. Um, and you don't ha you're not going to have to design three concepts again. Like this whole thing is be great at user research uh design uh, experiences based and uh, acting on those on, the, on that research and then effectively communicate it so ux design masterclass is a 30-part learn at your own pace online course um students can learn about people and how their motivations impact design decisions uh, how to execute design based on this knowledge and how to keep clients engaged through the process uh, and also, they part of the, the course is they're gonna invite you to their own Slack community, so you can um, you know you can get feedback on assignments, uh, you can talk, uh, ask questions, and engage with other designers enrolled um, in the course, which is pretty cool. So this is awesome. Their website, by the way, it's beautiful. Uh, you should totally <laughs> should totally give it a, a shot. Uh, and you can do so by visiting this URL. You can go to spec.fm/slash. UXDMC that stands for UX Design Masterclass. So again, spec.fm slash UXDMC. And if you decide to enroll, which you totally should, you can use the code SPEC15 to get 15% uh, of, of your 50% off of your course, which is pretty cool. 
So again, uh, spec.fm slash UXDMC, use code spec15 for 50% off. And our thanks to Filament Creative for sponsoring Layout. Okay, Kevin. Um, we have a bit of a different uh, show today because we don't have one uh, main topic to rule them all. Uh, we have smaller topics, and all of them were uh, recommended uh, by listener Kevin Gutowski. Hi, Kevin. Um, Kevin asked these questions, like, you know, really good questions for us to tackle, and we really want to address them. So these questions have been in our topic list for a while now. They're all good questions, but I don't think we could do like a whole show on either of them. So we decided to group them together and just go through it. I mean, they're all kind of related. Um, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Question number one. <laughs> Kevin, do you use uh, OKRs? If so, how, uh, how are they structured? Right. So OKRs are objective and key results. Um, so my understanding... So, okay. I feel like I have to spoil my answer. Uh, no, I do not use those. Um but my understanding is that it's a way for um, people or like designers or product managers or, or anyone in the company really um, to have a clear way to set objectives and track their progress in achieving those. Um, like, do you think that's a fair way to describe it? I know very little. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so um, sorry, my life, but we don't yes. use that specific like OKR mm -hmm. format. Um, I've seen specific people use it, but I don't, and it's not like a, a widespread thing um, with the teams that I'm familiar with at Shopify. Um, and one of the reasons for that is, is I think <laughs> I don't know. For me, that format doesn't work super well. Um, because <laughs> goals tend, at least to me, and like maybe it's because I'm not good at it, and that's why it doesn't work. But it's like ship the best thing that we can. <laughs> like okay, like <laughs> yes. Um, but isn't that obvious? Like, shouldn't we always be striving to like put out the best work that we can and get as the best? The, that we can so i don't know i find that there's a little bit too much there that's like forces you into like making up these like kind of bogus goals and mm -hmm. key results that just like for me is just like additional kind of management that i don't personally need I feel like, yeah, like that's obvious. Like, let's talk about the stuff that isn't because um, to me, that's more interesting. And some of the stuff that we do is um, like I personally like like continuously give feedback to my team members. Um, but also we have like more f kind of formal reviews um, every year where we don't, don't spoil that because that's part of another question. But yeah, yeah and we can talk about <laughs> that more specifically. Um, right. But we kind of use that to talk about like longer term objectives but i never want to be in a situation where i'm like kind of imposing this kind of rigid format mm -hmm. or structure um and and for me like my goal is 
not the management of the tool, but it's act- like, are people getting better on my team? And are we mm. achieving what we want to do as a company? But it, I find that focusing too much on a specific way of doing it um, just kind of ruins it for me. So that's my take, but obviously, like, I don't have a ton of experience with OKRs. Um, so I'd be curious to hear from someone who has a lot of experience with it. Rafa, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, uh, I don't have, like, so I know very little because I never put this in practice. I never, you know, practiced this, uh, this process. Um, and I think, I, to be honest, I think we at Netlify right now, uh, to be completely honest, I don't think we could even if we wanted because if you if you set more like abstract goals um you know like like be better at this or like <laughs> you know be happier in your career like if you set the to abstract of a goal you have no way of measuring it uh and it doesn't mean anything anymore um but if you set if you set two specific goals in our case, because we're such a still like a small startup and we're so volatile and like our, you know, personal uh, goals, like short term goals and whatever, they're, they're constantly changing. So it's also very hard to measure against those. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't see a team like like ours to you know implementing something like this, uh, at least right now. But I mean. This is not maybe this is not a satisfactory answer, um, but we do of course we do measure some like we we track and we can measure how we're doing right, um, mm-hmm. which we can lead into. I mean we have two other questions and they're related, but like we do have uh, as a company like for product for marketing for we do have a roadmap and we have uh, goals, and of course those can change <laughs> all the time uh, but we have something that we can like we, we can see if we're doing good or bad as a collective right mm-hmm. um uh, and then like we as individuals you know if you're contributing towards this goal or not right in your mm-hmm. day-to-day you, you can see like hang on the past two weeks i've been doing this how does this helps towards our collective you know company goal of why um so I like I always like to to make sure that what I'm doing and what is being assigned to me matters in the big picture in the big plan of things. Of course, right now being like the solo designer, it's not it's hard not to <laughs> it's something that you know impacts the whole thing. But but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's a satisfactory answer. But, yeah, um, um, one thing that I found has been working better for me, uh, just thinking about like goals and stuff like that is this idea of themes and i'm not the only one thinking about this like um i, mean, I feel like i reference their stuff a lot but um mike and cgp gray on cortex have been talking about that stuff a lot um mm-hmm. and that's something that i also realized that we do at shopify is rather than set specific goals we're gonna set up like at the beginning of the year set up a few themes uh, and these themes i mean i I was like trying to think of Shopify examples that I could give, but it has kind of sensitive information. <laughs> yeah, um, <same. laughs> so what I'll do is give a personal one of mine uh, that I have for this year. Um, so basically, at the beginning of every year, I kind of do a review of my entire past year and look at kind of what I wanted to accomplish and see like where I'm at and kind of 
use I use that as a moment for me to kind of decide, okay, am I going in the right direction and am I going where I want to be? And so uh, this year for the first time, I was setting a theme for myself. I could only pick one. So uh, you have to, to choose wisely. Uh, but I picked uh, shipping. So 2018 is my year of shipping. Uh, the My whole theme is I want to release more stuff. Um, and what's great about just like setting that as a theme as opposed to a goal is that there's really no specific thing that I need to accomplish. It's more of an idea. So um, you can look at it in many ways. Like, uh, for example, I um, like finally put together the layout sticker store. Uh, hey, that was a thing that I made happen and that I shipped immediately. Um, and, and oh, by the way, I also happened to be physically shipping stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> that was cool. Um, Double point. I also get the Montreal Design Club back on track. Uh, and we're now doing an event every uh, month. And I kind of rethought of how I organize these events. Um, in a way that I can uh, make them happen more often in a more sustainable way. Uh, I'm also kind of sh- like trying different things with si- other side projects that I'm working on uh, and changing the way that I think about them uh, in order to be able to ship them. <laughs> because uh, in 2017, I didn't ship anything other than, I mean, other than this show, which we do every week. And like, we shouldn't. Yeah, we ship like, every week. Dis- discredit that. Like, yeah, we ship every week. Um, but I also have so many other projects that I worked on in the past year that just never saw the light of day. So I'm trying to like course correct that this year. And having the theme for me is highly motivating because you can mm-hmm. attach sort of what you want to it. Um, and it makes you feel like you're, you're progressing towards something rather than feeling guilty about not accomplishing a specific goal. Anyways, I took this question in a completely different direction and we can talk <laughs> about um side projects and like shipping side projects uh in another episode because i think that's an interesting topic uh, and i've been thinking about that a lot lately um but yeah so no okrs but i still think thinking about what you want to accomplish is a good thing so if okrs work for you thumbs up if they don't then like try other things all right uh so let's Segue into our second question, um, still by Kevin Gutowski, uh, which is, uh, do you, by you mean we, have one-on-ones? And what are those like? And uh, what are the goals of, of these one-on-ones? Do you want to take that one? Um, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I was going to start by explaining what a one-on-one is. Sure, yeah. And I think I think I have a hard time. Here, I'll try. Uh one-on-ones are uh are regular uh meetings that you have with someone on your team. Usually it's your manager, uh someone like that has some uh, like I don't want to say executive executive power, but someone who can change and and make th- make, make decisions higher up than you are usually. Um so your manager, your boss, whatever. Uh, in where you talk about your 
see i don't know if this is like the actual definition or just i'm just talking about my own one-on-one let's go with it but uh we talk about um uh, progress how how we're doing we talk about uh what's the mood we talk about some things that are that are on our mind and that can be sometimes it can be personal sometimes it can be like related to the company sometimes uh it's also a, a place for you to ask like questions like concrete questions about about your job your career um directions you would like to take uh you know problems that you have on your team whatever whatever it may be you want to address and and talk talk it out uh that's like the one safe space that you that you can have and you, it's usually with some cadence so uh it can be every week it can be every other week but um yeah that's like my experience in the, how does that you know how does that sound for you is that the same yeah that's a pretty good description oh okay so so that's what one-on-ones are um if i have one-on-ones yes yes i do i actually have we at netlify we have two kinds of so we have one-on-ones exactly what i just described and we also have um like two-on-ones because we we have like two co-founders so but basically it's like another one-on-one with which happens once a month with like the ceo right so we have a direct channel um, to the CEO, so any any matters, any you know things you wanted to bring up to them, um, we also have that. So that's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I know it's not sustainable, right? I mean, <laughs> you get to a certain size and where it's just not feasible, but it's cool that we have that in place, and I I, I can count on that because it's you know um, our CEOs are like <laughs> super busy all the time, so you asking them for like half hour like an hour of their time to talk to you about stuff it can feel you know intimidating like, i don't want to take up their time with my silly problems um by silly i have been ironic i mean they all matter so it's good to have something like this in place that you can like count on and not feel bad that you're taking their time this is on their calendar it's something that you do so what are those like like for me uh, i i really want them to be more informal than formal if i have to put them in a spectrum right mm-hmm. it's more like you know i am remote so i can't do this but it's if i could it, it would look like it would look more like a go get coffee somewhere and just you know sit at a coffee shop and just talk like pals but like a coworker. so it, it's going to be my work probably um i'm remote so i can't do that uh it would be one expensive coffee um <laughs> so yeah i just i try to to make it very informal and it's really you know for me at least it's really like talking to a friend because it is uh <laughs> we're gonna talk about work stuff um so yeah what about you how does that how do those look like for you yeah i mean i think you did a pretty good job at covering a lot of stuff um so what's interesting about me is i kind of can see it from both sides so i have a one-on-one with my boss um and my lead, but I also have one-on-ones with my reports. Um, nice. So I kind of have it like am on the two sides of the, the I'm mm-hmm. sometimes I'm the first one, sometimes I'm the second one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, like I think you said it really well, like one-on-ones are just a time for me and my reports or my lead to sit down together. Uh, because we're all so busy, we're all doing our own things, and especially at Shopify, like 
everyone is super hands off. Like I don't have someone breathing down my neck and like staring at what I do. Um, so having that time on the calendar, um, I make sure to have it every week with all my team members. Um, just like gives us like a block of time that I'm dedicated 100% to you. Um, and so what I try to do is make sure that the one-on-one is the my team members meeting and it's not my meeting so i don't i don't personally come into those with like a a checklist of things that i want to talk to them about uh that is their responsibility so they can take the meeting in whatever angle that they want to uh and i'm basically here to support that and help them so sometimes it'll be someone who's dealing with a personal issue and they really want to talk about that um and so we'll talk about that. Uh, but other times it's going to be very like, okay, I have this thing that I'm thinking about with this project um, or I have this this project idea and I'm not sure like who to talk to to make it happen um, or like could be anything really. Um, and so um, the idea is that it's like very kind of um, like that's the whole point of, of 101 is that it's not a it's a pretty like intimate type meeting where we can both be super honest with each other um and it's a way for for us to also like build up kind of our our relationship so i'll be really honest like sharing stuff from my life and my report is also going to do that um and in certain cases i noticed that it's kind of this safe space where we can both have like really honest conversations uh, that wouldn't necessarily happen like just in the corridor. Like, so even if you see uh, the people you work with every day, there's kind of something different about being like in a room together um, yeah. and, and just having a chat. Um, so that's like one aspect to me that is really important. Um, it's also a great place to talk about your growth. Um, so mm-hmm. like if that's something that you care about, which <laughs> hint it should, um, <laughs> like you should bring that up in your one-on-ones and have conversations with your, with your lead on that. Um, it's something that I think a lot about as a lead for my team members. I'm like constantly thinking of, okay, what are some great opportunities that they can take advantage of? What are, is some, some things that they might do differently that would help them? Or what are some, some blockers? Um, so have those conversations. Um, you should also like be kind of, or ask your, your lead to be really honest about um, <clears throat> how you're doing in your growth and what are the, the things that are kind of holding you back. Uh, sometimes it helps to have that kind of external perspective um and yeah overall like i think it's just a super like healthy fun way for us to kind of stay in sync and and make sure that like we are both going in the same direction and that you as a team member are happy with where you're going um so if you're not like that one-on-one is also like a great place to bring those kinds of issues um so yeah yeah i think we kind of covered it well okay well what are the goals i mean we kind of touched on them Uh, i guess uh, i would say it's for uh the manager the lead the boss whatever uh, to help 
the other person. And uh, I would also say that it's 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 very important to surface other problems that otherwise wouldn't you know come to light. Um, like you know what, this person might be a great designer, great engineer. He does everything great, uh, but you know what? Turns out uh, that person hates uh, the job and is very unhappy. Like, out of these one-on-ones, it would be hard to surface that, right? And that's why we try to be more personal. That's why we try to to just maybe talk about something not related to work, just like get a sense of everything's going on. So, like you said, it's a time for you, I mean, the manager, whatever, uh, to help and dedicate 100% of the time to that person. Yeah, absolutely. Um and i have to say like i as a manager like it's shocking to me like how many things that like we've discussed in one on ones that like would have never come up otherwise so it's really important to get that time um so even if you're not a manager and like you you're like currently a designer and you're not um getting that time with your boss like urge them like ask them <laughs> to do it uh i promise mm-hmm. like it won't be a waste of your time um it's honestly i i say that they're one of my most valuable meetings like every week um for sure cool all right uh third and last question of the day um kevin asks and that's kevin listener kevin not kevin co-host kevin um <laughs> that's gonna <confusing. laughs> Listener Kevin asks, uh, I'm curious to hear what sort of review process Kevin has with the designers he manages and how does this process change from a design contributor to a design manager? Likewise for Rafa, at a smaller company, what sort of review process have you found works well at that scale? Kevin. Right. uh, Co-host Kevin. So I'm assuming (laughs) we're not talking about a design review process here, right? Mm, That's a good question. I don't know. The angle that I'm going to take it is like the how are you doing type review. Yeah, performance review. <laughs> performance reviews. There we go. Um, so, yeah, we do have those. Uh, they happen twice a year. And basically, they're the way that we see, see them, they're more like they're explicit checkpoints. So these checkpoints absolutely need to happen. Um, but performance should be reviewed and talked about throughout the year mm-hmm. um it's something that should like be constantly on top of our minds but we have these like two really explicit moments where it's like okay let's take some some more time to really focus in on that and like think about it and talk about it uh, more deeply than the rest of the time so um what we do is we actually have a sort of framework that i don't know if i can share really but um basically for each level we call them levels of impact um so it's a sort of correlated titles i guess um but basically it's a document that explains the expectations of the role for whichever role you have and what do we expect at that level? And what do you need to work on to like level up, basically? Um, so what I'll do um, every six months is I like created this the spreadsheet with all the different categories. So we have like craft, um, influence, um, team, and I forget the other one. Impact, I think. 
something like that anyways um it like it won't mean much to you <laughs> in the abstract like this but anyways there's a bunch of categories and then um it's like all laid out in the spreadsheet and what i'll ask my team members i'll give them the spreadsheet and I'll be like okay evaluate yourself to, like try to place here where you think you are uh for each of the dif- different categories and it's never a perfect match right like it's not because you're a senior designer that like you like correspond perfectly to a- each and every one of the requirements for the senior designer like you might actually be really good in craft but then your impact or your ownership is not as high so it's like it's always kind of it varies from person to person um and then i do it also on my own um so we then we sit down together and we kind of compare notes and the reason i do it is it's not like as a trick a way to trick people because <laughs> um, i realize i realize that this is really tricky especially for for a single person to identify yourself um because like for example as a manager like i see many people and i can without comparing directly like i can have a good idea of like okay how someone is doing but i want people to kind of think about like for themselves about how they feel like they're doing um and then we sit down together and they can see the reflection of uh how i evaluated them so it's a way for them to kind of calibrate their expectations it's also a way for us to have a conversation i want to know if i'm seeing that you're doing uh well in craft but not in ownership do you also see that and if you disagree, then let's have a conversation about that because I've spoken to uh, your the people you work with, your product managers, um, other designers that you, you've collaborated. So I've collected feedback um, and my kind of assessment is part of is like takes that feedback into consideration. So I want to know like where you're coming from, if there are certain differences there. So. There might be some stuff that I missed, um, not often, but <laughs> it happens. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, sometimes it's like, okay, like, we're just not looking at exactly the same thing, um, and we can agree pretty easily. Uh, but for me, I use this kind of as a tool so that everything that you should know about your growth and how you're being kind of evaluated, in a sense, I hate that term, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that everything is out there and that like, I want you to have 100% transparency on how that process goes and how you're doing. I don't want to hold anything back from you. I don't want you to have to go through me to know what you should do to get better at what you do. Um, so I try to make that whole thing super transparent. Um, and usually, so what I'll do, like based on these different categories that are kind of standard across Shopify, I'll go in and for the specific person highlight, okay, here are examples of things that you did really well based on these categories. So I have like the section of like things that you're doing already that are great. And I, I'll highlight specific examples for them. And then here are some things that you're still working on and give so, like, concrete example of like okay with this project you had this problem and you're still working on resolving that or you know um so 
I'll like really take the time to really go in depth for all of these. Um, and then that's a tool again for us uh, for the next few months to ta- dive into that and talk about specific topics, specific things that a person might want to improve. So yeah, that's kind of how we do reviews. Um, we're evolving our process all the time. <laughs> so basically every time we do it, we do it differently and hopefully better. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, how do you do it, Rafa? Or do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Well, we don't have like such a complex system in place uh, at the moment. Uh, still, we're younger. Uh, we have like a manual performance review um it's it doesn't follow like table or whatever it's just you know talk about expectations because uh, those hopefully were aligned and clear uh talk about how you performed uh, if they're happy if they're not uh career projections and like uh where would you like to go where would you like to be in the year uh how can we accommodate that or not um and like what do you need to be able to do a better job? Do you need to hire more people to your team? Do you need uh, more uh, budget to whatever, whatever? Do you need whatever it is? Like talk about how you did and how you want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but I I would add to this, and this is not like this is not Netlify thing. This is Rafa thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm not talking about like how we do it. It's just me personally. I think it's super important to keep expectations in check um and also be allow yourself and hopefully your company allows yourself to to change those and to be comfortable to like do whatever you think it's best so if of course this is it depends on a place you work at, right? Uh, usually the bigger the company, like the less margins there are for you to work with, right? Because um, then, you know, it's like domino pieces. If you move one piece, everything crumbles. So you, you can't just do whatever you want. But I think it's really important for you to really see where you would like to go and how can you get there. So if you are a senior designer uh, and you're doing a lot of IC work and you would like to manage someone, just like Kevin did a... a it's been a while now, right? When did you uh, make the transition? That's a good question. I don't know. I think it's been a while. I was going to say a couple of months ago, but you know, it's Oh no, <laughs> over a year ago. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. Time flies. Anyway, um so if you'd like to try and and manage people and like that's something you would like to do, uh let people know. Like uh, allow your company to give you that opportunity. Don't think that you can't. Um uh, if you would like to take more of a, like a strategic and planning role and not really like pixel pushing or the other way around, like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable on uh, this big strategic uh, design, like wireframes and UX thing. I really want to do you know, mm-hmm. interaction. I really want to do animation. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, like allow yourself to explore those and like create your own role. So I agree. But don't wait for the performance review for that. Like, oh no, no, yeah, that's, that that's what I'm trying to say. Right? Keep like, those in ta- check. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And I think basically, like, either way, um, f- like from the perspective of an IC or perspective of a manager, you don't want anything in the performance review to come out as a surprise. Like, I feel like the performance review is is really just a snapshot of w- how you're doing and. And yeah. like any feedback that you might get at the performance review 
must like should be feedback that you have had already that you already know about that you're working on absolutely and so i didn't i didn't mean to say that you should only do that annually or whatever right because uh, <laughs> um, you can do that anytime right like don't right. don't limit yourself it's fine if you do it like if, if it's fine if, it, if that's the moment where you really think about it and like you want to have that conversation but mm-hmm. also feel free that you can have that conversation anytime yeah no absolutely and, and like i think it's in everyone's best interest um to allow uh, an employee to shine and where they want to shine, right? Like bring the best yeah. out of them. Um, Absolutely. Like I've I've tried things and I failed miserably at some tasks that it, I I would like. You know, I took them that responsibility and I failed. And I you know I came to my bosses and say, hey, I thought I could do this. Turns out, you know what? I'm not good at it. I failed and. I didn't like it. It's not something I want to keep working on. It so I would really love to focus on whatever. Um, a friend and, and a coworker of mine, um, she was initially hired to be a support engineer, and turns out she's really passionate about documentation and just talks in general. And so she became a documentation engineer, which is not very common for like a twenty-something, you know, uh, team. Uh, 20 person like a small team to have a documentation engineer um but you know what she's so passionate about it and she's so good that like it made total sense to have her do that like that's what she does best and she loves Mm -hmm. it and she kicks ass so let's have that um so again don't feel like i was put in this box this is what i have to do i'll just keep doing it wait until my yearly performance review (laughs) and then talk about something i don't know right i think you should you should really push for that um yeah i think i think that's it i don't have anything else to add should we do recommendations yeah no side dishes this week no side dishes i'm full i mean (laughs) the entree was was good all right um so rafa do you want to start what's your recommendation this week Friend of the show, listener Ricardo, and Kevin's uh, co-worker, right? Yes. Um, Ricardo Magalhães, he, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the show, he has this email newsletter uh, called Coffee Table Typography. I've tweeted about it. I've like It's one of my favorite newsletters out there. I really like that. Um, he's doing an amazing work on that. And... Um, like any side project, and I can totally relate to this. Like, you start doing this, and you do it with your all of your passion and dedication and uh, potential and uh, skills and whatever, uh, and then it goes for a while, and you do that for a long time, and it can be daunting, um, especially if you don't have like a direct line of like feedback from your customers, from your users, from whatever. Like, you, you may feel like, why am I doing this? Um, I don't know if that's the case, but like <laughs> this has been a side project of Ricardo for so long, uh, and he put together this Patreon page um, to basically like help sustain this side project, which I just mentioned. It's an amazing, very high quality side project. Um, so my recommendation is this Patreon page. So for all listeners listening to this, uh, if you like typography and or coffee <laughs> and or <laughs> newsletters, I guess. Uh, <laughs> And, and I mean, Ricardo. And Ricardo, yeah, there's also a bunch of them. Um, so if you like any of these or all, 
please consider uh, supporting uh, this project and, and Patreon. Um, Ricardo is not asking for much, uh, and he has a couple... Um, man, I keep I keep seeing Patreon as like Kickstarter, but it's not really like... What do I call it? Like rewards, I guess that's what I call it. Mm -hmm. um, so Ricardo will uh, print uh, beautiful uh, type stickers. And I mean, I don't know if you're a designer listening to this. If you are a designer, there's a good chance you are. Um, there's also a good chance that you are into typography. So I can't wait for good, like beautiful type stickers. I want them. So <laughs> that's just one one um, of the, their of his rewards. So um, yes, links in the show notes. Please consider uh, supporting Ricardo if you can't, or if it's not your thing. At least uh, I would say consider uh, subscribing to the Coffee Table Typography newsletter, um, which is really really good. So that's it. Cool. Um, so my recommendation this week is this movie called Seven Sisters. <laughs> Have you heard of it? No, the title sounds like a horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, so it's actually a sci-fi movie. Huh. Um, and I didn't realize that it was on Netflix. Um, so I actually rented it on iTunes. But um, it is on Netflix. And basically, I'll just give you the premise. Hmm. Okay. So it's this science fiction movie. It's set in the future. Uh, and for some reason... Uh, they decide that they want to limit the size of the population. And in order to do that, they want to prevent people from having more than one child. And so uh, what they do, if you have more than one child, is they have the system that they're basically going to like freeze <laughs> your other children um, until we get to a time and place in society where we can accommodate for more people. Oh, I think I've seen the trailer to this. Uh, and so um, the movie starts and you, the, main, the characters that you follow are these seven sisters. They're like septuplets or whatever. Um, <laughs> so like twins, but seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so what they decide to do is they, none of them like want to be frozen. Uh, so basically they decide that every day of the week is going to be a different one that's going to come out uh, yes. in, in, outside in the world. And then when they come back at night, they're going to tell everyone like what happened so they can continue on like living the life. So each person gets to live one day per week. Um, so it might seem like I've told you a lot here, but it, this is actually like the very, 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 very beginning of the movie. There's a ton that happens in it. It's a two hour long movie and it's well worth your time. Um, I honestly didn't think I would enjoy this movie that much, uh, but it, it was really entertaining and like really interesting the way that they approached it. Um, and the actress, uh, Numi Rapaz or whatever, I don't know. How yeah, she's from Prometheus. Yes, she also played in Millennium. She's an amazing actress, and she plays basically the seven sisters. Um, so all the characters are her, um, and it's absolutely excellent. So uh, I recommend it. So cool. By the way, um, I think the title is What Happened to Monday. At least that's... 
Yeah, so that's Kurt weird. Vonnegut. It has those two titles. Um, so right. on this page here on Netflix, it says Seven Sisters. But yeah, I have seen uh, the other. The other yeah, title. I look on IMDb. I think it's anyway. Uh, whatever. If you can't find for, we'll put a link in the show sisters. notes, anyways. Uh, and one last thing yeah. in recommendation, um, I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, my friends at Unsplash who just shipped their iOS app. Uh, I was in the, on the beta. The app is really great. If you do any work at all on your iPad uh, and ever need images, uh, it has like this really cool drag and drop interface. Um, so yeah, maybe go check it out. Cool. Okay. I think... That's it for the show? Yep. Yes, okay. Uh, so, if you want to share your recommendations with us or whatever, or be like uh, Kevin and ask us questions and, you know, show topic recommendations. Um, I want to say Kevin. I mean, listener Kevin, not co-host Kevin. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can do so where, uh, Rafa? Where can we reach you guys? Uh, you can do that at spectrum.chat. That's a thing that our buddies are building. By the way, they're hiring. Uh, if you're into that um or you can also reach out uh on twitter so you can do that at layout fm i am at rafahari and kevin is at vernal kick uh also if you want uh, to sponsor this show there's uh still slots to do that so if you have any product or uh if you're hiring or whatever it may be if you want to you know um get the word out uh, to a lot of designers you can do so by sponsoring this show if you're into that um also special special shout outs to the following listeners samuel chang kier ansel alex binder and mason han for um uh, either buying stickers or you know reaching out to us uh for the past week so thank you so so much um you can find all the show notes uh, for this show and links for all the other shows uh, on our website that's layout.fm uh, you can also buy stickers that's something that Kevin is personally physically shipping stickers out for uh, everyone that buys a pack uh, you can do so at our website as well and lastly this episode is sponsored by Filament Creative um, once again you can go to spec.fm slash uxdmc uh, and use uh, spec15 the code Pack 15 at checkout for 50% off your user experience design masterclass. Um, yeah, check that out. And uh, yes, lastly, all right, this show is part of Spec FM Network. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, you can do so at spec.fm.